First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast, IDP edition. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And we made it, folks. If you're listening or watching this episode, it more than likely means you made it to a fantasy championship, which, first off, congratulations. That is fantastic. Nice job by all of you. And secondly, it means that we need to keep our foot on the gas, make sure we leave no stone unturned in order to help you secure that fantasy championship. So I had to bring back one of my favorites to help you do it all. And to me, to help me as well. Um, so from the IDP show, the great Jace Abbey is back. Jace, hope you had a happy Christmas, happy holidays. Welcome back, man. How you been? Really good, John. Really good. A great Christmas. Um, loads of family. Yeah, just threw myself into it. Feeling a bit frazzled now, but excited to to be talking some, uh, some football with you. Um, thanks for having me back on again. Love it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's... Uh, it, it, Fantasy Championship Week really kind of snuck up on us here. I, I think a little bit. It's um, you know, with, with the Christmas holidays and, and things like that, it, it Wednesday basically came very fast for me. Um, so prepping everything, cramming everything, trying to get everything in, but we got it ready. We got uh, all the 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 stuff that we're going to talk about set. We're going to go game by game as usual. We're going to put the timestamps in the episode description as again as well, so people could find the games that they're looking for. And we'll do our usual thing. We're going to cover the main storylines for each team, focus on our favorite, least favorite matchup stuff like that. We got the matchup based visuals for the YouTube crowd. Um, and yeah, happy to answer the start sit questions in in, in the comment section as well. Um, I'll link to my IDP rankings in the episode description. I will link to the PFF IDP fantasy report. It is it has been delayed. Um, it is usually out on Tuesday. Uh, a huge apology to everybody that's been waiting. Uh, unfortunately, just with the Christmas holidays, again, everything got kind of backlogged. So that will not be out until Thursday. So I, again, I'm really sorry about that. And, and hopefully people um, will still get the information they need from that uh, in time. But it will be out on the website uh, shortly after you listen to this so um yeah I, I appreciate everybody's patience with that and again sorry for the uh delay but again fantasy championship week so we're going to get into it here in just a second um right after we give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor fabric by gerber life 
As a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop to your fam- for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you it's all online and on your schedule you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com fantasy that's meetfabric.com fantasy m-e-e-t fabric.com fantasy policies issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions all right, Jace, let's get it started here, and we'll start with Thursday Night Football, where we have been blessed with a game between the New York Jets, once again in prime time, going against the Cleveland Browns. Um, so where do you want to start with uh, these two teams? Yeah, my my first talking point here has got to be CJ Mosley. So he's he's had a really poor month compared to what he was doing earlier in the year. Everyone's got a bit tired of uh, of him not delivering in the way that we were seeing again in those first sort of 12 games. But I think this is the week he can rebound, and I think he will against the, the Browns. Uh, you know, they're giving up a huge amount of tackles to opposition linebackers, number one in the league in that sense. Uh, I think for those that aren't already too tired of what Mosley hasn't been doing and those that have kind of stuck with him and, and remained faithful, this is when you get your, your reward. As long as his his lack of production in the last four weeks hasn't cost you uh, a path toward the fantasy championship. So Mosley is, I think, uh, primed for a, a big rebound this week. I'm with you 100%. I have him as, as LB1 this week, um, just to kind of make a statement here that like this is the week for CJ Mosley. It, it is, like you said, I agree. It, it's a bounce back week for him. He's still one of the most efficient tackling linebackers in the NFL and just a beautiful matchup here. For sure. Uh, number two, Quinn and Williams. Can we rely on him this week? Uh, I think so. He has nine fewer sacks than he had at this point last year, but the pressure rate and the pressure numbers are higher than in 2022. And he's been getting kind of hot again down the second half of the stretch of the season. It's not a terrible matchup for pass rushers, for those Jets pass rushers. Browns have been a little bit stingy in the last three games, but yeah, I, I think Williams can continue to deliver for us this week for those in DT required leagues and even for those that start three three down linemen, three defensive linemen. So yeah, start start Williams, I think. He's probably going to continue his hot run. Yeah, love Quinn and Williams. Um yeah, I, like you said, like his a lot of his underlying pass rush metrics have actually been better than what they were even last season, right? It's just been mm-hmm. the sack totals. And we, we've talked about that all season with him where, you know, the, the sacks are coming and this and that. And it, it's been definitely very slow. Like he had a half sack in week 15, one sack before that, nothing last week. So there, there's definitely room for him to kind of build on it. I mean, we're running out of time, obviously. But yeah, it's just hard to sit in when he's been so good. And there, there's definitely a nice tackle floor there as well going against the Browns, like you said. So, um, yeah, love me some Quinn and Williams for sure. Yeah. Main talking point for the Browns has got to be Miles Garrett. There's this kind of the sentiment still that he's kind of gone quiet following that uh, that injury. I don't think that's the case. He's just been unlucky not to finish. He leads all edge rushers in pressures over the last three weeks. He's just not finishing uh, this week. 
I think against that Jets offensive line, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big week for him. I think uh, the pressure numbers, as I say, they've always been there, or they have been for the last three weeks. I think they're gonna be there again this week, and I think he's gonna get home with a sack as well. Yeah, I feel like he has to, right? Like you said, hasn't had a sack in a few weeks now. and But again, just continues to be, I think he's the highest graded pass rusher in the league this season, 94.6 pass rush grade, which is insane numbers. And now going against Carter Warren and Mekhi Becton. Uh, Carter Warren has as one of the, the worst pass blocking grades in the league. Mekhi Becton has allowed the most sacks in the league. Um, yeah, th- this is like a really nice matchup here. It, it's uh, Trevor Simeon at quarterback as well. It looks like Zach Wilson already ruled out. So Simeon probably a little bit better th- at avoiding sacks than Zach Wilson, but not. I don't think it's going to matter too much when when Miles Garrett is 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 on a a bit of a slump here and looking to kind of break that slump against a, a really weak opponent. So I'm with you. Yeah, Miles Garrett's edge one for me um, this week. I think it could be a, a multi sack game for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And my last point I wanted to bring up was uh, JOK. So his his snap share has been tumbling a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but he's still been one of the best performers at linebacker over the course of the last month, depending on your scoring, of course. But yeah, right up there. So can we still trust him? Question for you, John. I think we still can. I don't think it's it's fallen away. His snap share has fallen away to the point where I'm, I'm struggling to rank him amongst my top sort of 36 linebackers but what's what's your take on this what's your thoughts yeah i don't mind jok i i have him in that kind of lb3 range which is i mean a bit higher than where he where he's been previously earlier in the year because there's at least been some consistency as far as his defensive snaps go like he the the past uh four weeks prior to last week he was averaging 90 percent of the team's defensive snaps right and then it, it did drop down to i think 72 percent this past week which it's been normal with the Browns linebackers, right? Like we see this kind of fluctuation from them all the time. It's a weird thing that it dropped last week though, because uh, I think it was Kevin Stefanski was talking about how, you know, he's ready for an every down role and this and that and literally played the lowest snap share of the past five weeks um, by a pretty significant margin, which, you know, it just tells you, you know, how much to to trust in, in coach speak and and things like that. But I, I, I don't mind um, JOK this week. It's not, uh, you know, an amazing line, uh, matchup by any means but it's not bad either right so um yeah i think if you're you're using him in that kind of lb3 range i think that's that's a fine spot for him yep yep so that's the main talking points i think for the jets and browns awesome all right yeah i am with you i don't think i have uh much more other than that um should be i mean zadarius smith again looking for streamers he's been more deserving of sacks this year as well just hasn't got home but he did have two sacks last week but to the same extent that we like miles garrett um zadarius smith could have that potential as well um but other than that on the jets it's kind of the usual suspects here that we like no real standout um matchups we like cj mosley and quinn Quinn and williams as well um all right let's go on to the detroit lions at the dallas cowboys and i mean let's start with yeah let's start with the lions here and maybe start with the linebacker position because so the the Cowboys are below average as far as giving up tackles per game to the linebacker position. They're 19th in that regard. So it's not the best matchup for these guys, Alex Anzalone and, and Jack Campbell and Derek Barnes. So Derek Barnes did miss last week, which gave Jack Campbell his highest snap share, um, 85% since week seven. Uh, it wasn't his most productive game, obviously. I think he only had four tackles in that one. So 
if Derek Barnes misses this week again, which I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's it's overly likely, but he is questionable, so you never know. Um, then there's at least room for for Jack Campbell to play some snaps there. I don't love him too much. Like he he'd move up from where he is. Like he's LB fifty for me right now, but only because I have Derek Barnes in there as well. He would move up to probably that kind of LB three or four range, like. Not too much higher. Just again, it's not a great matchup. It's not going to be a full time role. So for people that are excited about Jack Campbell, I know people want to get him into starting lineups. This isn't necessarily the week to do it, but um, could be usable in those deeper leagues. Basically, if Derek Barnes is out, is is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still Anzalone all the way. Didn't have a if yeah. I had one of his quietest weeks last week uh, yeah. of the whole season, but. But yeah, um, it's that second spot behind behind him that's the more interesting of the two. And like you say, I I, I haven't got Campbell ranked amongst my top fifty. He'd be just outside, um, alongside guys like Josie Jewell, uh, other guys that are going to I think see that sort of seventy to eighty five percent snap share this week. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And then the other things with the Lions, I mean, we we know about Aiden Hutchinson. He, he's he's been solid, but not delivering huge sack numbers or anything like that. So. The, the other stars of the, the defense, at least last week, were the safeties. Um, Ifatu Melifonwu, Kirby Joseph, both of these guys had huge games, um, multiple interceptions, sacks in there as well. So, I, I mean, they're, they're definitely startable. I, I don't know if you're expecting that that kind of high level of production that we've got from them this past week. Um, but again, the, these are players that people are probably adding off waiver wires, and they are playing 100% snaps, so you do like that about them. Um, and it's a decent matchup here against Dallas, who's given up the seventh most tackles per game to the safety position. So if you're looking to kind of um, build off that Ifatu Melifonwu or Kirby Joseph um, momentum, then then you could definitely start them here this week. Um, Brian Branch is another one coming off a huge game, had a sack, an interception, a forced fumble, six tackles. Um, but again, his role just continues to be limited to that kind of rotational nickel corner doesn't look like he'll be playing a full-time role, which makes him just a riskier kind of boom-bust IDP um, start each week, right, for those considering it. And we've talked about it the past couple of weeks now, but he's essentially only playing when the offense is in 11 personnel, when there's three wide receivers on the field. When there's anything other than that, he's kind of coming off um, and, and getting some rest and, and, and not a part of the defense. So Dallas is a below average team in 11 personnel. They, they use a lot more 12, 21 personnel as well. So um, yeah, it, it, again, it, it just continues to be a, a riskier start, but he definitely has that, that big play potential, obviously um, what we've seen, but there is definitely a lower floor floor there with, uh, with the limited snaps. Yeah. I made a similar note about him boom or bust based on that snap share, but most of his points or a lot of his points come in by way of big plays and whether or not he can keep those going against Dallas, it's not something I'd I'd want to invest um, too heavily in in terms of my starting lineup this week. Yeah, it's definitely love risky. him. Love him as a player, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just the defense. The defense has been a little bit tricky to figure out, right? Especially at the linebacker position, and now a little bit with with the corner here, um, Brian Branch. So, just. If you're willing to risk it this week, I mean, you can. It's a decent matchup for corners. Dallas giving up the six most tackles per game to the cornerback position. But again, just know that it does come with that high risk of a, of a lower floor. Um, 
And then on the Dallas side of things, I mean, nothing too interesting here other than the linebackers. The the, the linebacker usage this past week, I think, was pretty concerning. Um, despite like decent production for them, I, I just don't know that they'll be easy to trust here in week six or week 17. Um, both of these guys kind of hovered around like the 50% snap range, which was way below what they've been at, um, you know, in 80, 90%. And this has been very similar to the Cleveland Browns linebackers. It's just been fluctuation all year long in, in, in the usage and the snaps for these guys. So again, Going into this week, if you're willing to risk it, you can. I know Marquise Bell specifically has the safety designation, so you may want to take advantage of that cheat code there. But um, again, if he's going to be playing around 50% of snaps, there's definitely other safeties um, that are full-time that I'd rather trust. So not sure how you're feeling about the the Dallas linebackers heading into this week, um, but they're pretty much a, a, an avoid for me right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there's, uh, you know, there's no teams on the buy right now. Yeah, you know, the position's been hit pretty hard by injury, but there's a lot of guys out there that are stepping up to replace those who have been injured. Too many for me to want to go out and star guys that are playing half the snaps. You know, yeah, Bell had a productive week last week, but by and large, these two guys haven't been super productive despite playing sort of that 18, 90% snap share most weeks. So I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super, super interested in starting either of these two guys. And I'm also a little bit worried about starting. Obviously, Donovan Wilson was one of the main beneficiaries last week, yeah. played, played 100% of the snaps um, after, after not doing so for, for most of the season. So yeah, I'm concerned that they'll, They'll either move back to what they were doing before or find like some sort of halfway house between the two and all three guys could lose out. So, yeah, I think at DB where you've got loads of choice, I'm avoiding Wilson, even though he had a, as I say, a full time role and a linebacker just scared off by what they did last week. Could have been a game plan specific thing, but I'm not risking it. Yeah, and we've seen it too many times already this season with the safeties here, with the linebackers in Dallas, right? So, yeah, I'm with you. Donovan Wilson's like safe. He's in the safety three range for me. As much as I like him as a player, if I knew he was guaranteed a 100% snap roll and he was going to continue to get those box snaps and everything like that, I'd like him a little bit more. But um, yeah, again, there's no guarantee for a full-time role here, and there's definitely risk that it's going to be like 70 or 70%, something like that, which it's been multiple times this season. So definitely something to, to be concerned about if you are starting them. But um, knowing that it is at least a decent matchup for the safeties because um, the Lions are giving up the third most tackles to the position. So there's that at least. Um, anything else for Dallas or, or Detroit for you? I mean, Micah Parsons, we don't really need to talk about Micah Parsons, I, even though people are probably wondering, um, you know, if, if we would talk about you're starting Micah Parsons. There's nothing else to say there. Um, anybody well, else for you? No, nothing else. Nothing else I want to talk about on that game. Awesome. Um, all right. Let's move to uh, the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Where do you want to start with these two teams? Got to start with Christian Barmore, I think, haven't we? Yeah. After that that week last week, he was, you know, one of the well, his best career game in in three seasons or two and a half seasons, if we if we count the injury he had last year, three sacks. It, it was just massive. He's been really good all year. In fact, I think he's been really good since he stepped into the league. Had like fifty yeah. or more pressures in his rookie season, at a position that's really hard for guys to master. Uh, the sacks haven't always been quite there. This season's been the exception, though. So his pressure rate is is really good again. His win rate's pretty decent as well. Uh, but the sacks are there, and that's really the the, the main difference in terms of what he's doing. Uh, so yeah, I'm a I'm a big Barmore fan. 
can he repeat? Almost certainly not. You know, it was such a big week that expecting anything similar is going to be is going to be setting ourselves up for failure. And it's a tough it's, it's a tough offensive line. It's a pretty tough yeah. offensive. Line. So yeah, temper expectations far more. Great to see. He is a good player. Mm, don't don't expect the same. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the concern for me this week as well. Going against the Bills, who are are a good pass blocking unit. Josh Allen's really good at at avoiding sacks as well. Uh, one of the best in the league, or actually probably the best in the league right now, as as far as like pressure to sack conversion rate goes. Um, but yeah, Barmore. I love Barmore. I, we, we've talked about him in, in off seasons past, right? About him having this, this pass rush potential. And he's definitely had the underlying metrics to back it up and everything like that, but hasn't really had the sacks. Um, but yeah, eight and a half sacks this year leads the Patriots. Um, I mean, obviously a three sack game last week is definitely going to help that, but yeah, not expecting that um, level of, of return this week. So I got him as like DT 20. He's, he's definitely startable in those deeper leagues, D, you know, two DT, two D tackle leagues. Um, but yeah, not, not high expectations this week going against the bills and Josh Allen. So, um, love to see it for Barmore. Hopefully it continues. Hopefully the playing time remains steady there under bill Belichick and, and we could, we could start to trust him a little more going forward, but, um, anybody else for the Patriots for you? Yeah, I had uh, I had the two safeties ranked pretty highly. So Duggar mm. and Peppers were ranked in the the twenties, uh, the early twenties for me. So sort of you know end of uh, LB two sort of territory. Uh, Peppers though the hamstring didn't practice uh, on Wednesday, so we're kind of are we, are we looking at pivoting to to Jalen Mills? It's not something that kind of fills me with excitement, but he's the guy that that seems to be the 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 the, the first one up to replace peppers when uh, when he missed time last weekend so uh, yeah that's something to keep an eye on because it is a good matchup for those safeties and i do like both dugger and peppers if they're playing but if you're struggling yeah you could you could have a look at mills but again this is a position where you kind of you kind of you've, you've got a lot of options so don't don't reach don't take a gamble yeah, that, that's the thing, right? It, it's fantasy championship week and, you know, Jalen Mills could be in a nice spot here if Jabril Peppers doesn't play, but it's also New England. It's Bill Belichick. We, you know, we've seen him give him a heavy role, but we could also see him play, play the guy for a half and then yank him and, and not put him back out there for the rest of the game, right? So, yeah, Kyle Duggar feels like the one to trust the most for me as well. And yeah, like the matchup this week, um, the Bills giving up the fifth most tackles per game to the safety position. So love that for Kyle Duggar. Definitely a startable option um, for me this week. And then, um, yeah, Peppers, we'll see if he practice or, yeah, if he gets some practice time in leading into the weekend, if he's going to play. But I, I don't mind Jabril Peppers. And, and he's got a cornerback designation on uh, RSO as well. So kind of a nice uh, little option there to, to potentially put in a sneak, uh, a cheat code. So, yeah, don't mind him. Um, yeah. That's pretty yeah. sweet. And then the last, the last thing on the Patriots was, was Josh Uche. Can we can we trust him? Great game last week, um, but he's still ranked third in uh, air, uh, snap share for the Patriots edge rushers. So it, I'm I'm just a little. He's like a he's like a poor man's Bryce Huff for me in general. He's his his pressure rates are, are always quite up there, but his 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 role has always been quite small. Um, yeah. And it remains so. So I'm I think there's there's better options out there um, in terms of. Uh, a safer weekly floor, so I'm I'm passing on on him where possible, unless I'm absolutely desperate, which is just not the case. Um, and then on the uh, the, the Bills, uh, Ed Oliver, a nice matchup for him, I think. That the interior of that Patriots O line is is really poor in a pass protection, so I like what he uh, could do for us this week. 
And then final point, can we trust Terrell Bernard? Uh, he hasn't had more than five solos in the last five games. Yeah. Middling matchup here. Will he even be fully healthy? He kind of returned to to the game versus the Chargers after leaving for a short while, and he's kind of downplayed that injury. But he is listed as questionable, and that could be, I think, for those fantasy managers out there that have got two guys ranked very similarly at the position, a deciding factor. So mm, those are those are the talking points for me. What's, any thoughts on, on Ed, Ed Oliver or uh, Terrell Bernard, John? Yeah, no, love Ed Oliver. Um, I really like that call. He's been he's been excellent this year, um, and it is it's a good matchup here uh, against New England. Who again, not a great pass blocking unit there. You got Bailey Zappi at quarterback, so there's definitely potential there for Ed Oliver. Um, even I mean, really, even like Gregory Rousseau, Leonard Floyd. Like this is a nice matchup for those guys. They're going against a there's a left tackle for the Patriots because Trent Brown. Is has been getting some weird usage. There's some something going on there. He might not be fully healthy. Didn't practice on Wednesday. I'm gonna pull up the name of the uh, the Patriots left tackle who might be filling in for him because it sounds like a almost like a Game of Thrones character here. Vidarian Low. That that's <laughs> so oh, Vidarian yeah. Low. Yeah, has a 32.3 pass blocking grade, um, which is 85th among 85 qualifying uh, offensive tackles this season. So. Look, Gregory Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, these aren't the most amazing pass rushers uh, in the NFL, but looking for streaming options, if you really need it in those deeper leagues, this could be a, a nice spot to kind of take advantage of them. Um, they, both those guys play each side of the line, so they they switch uh, from you know from drive to drive and things like that. So there's potential there to kind of work against a, a Vidarian low and, um, and Bailey Zappi at quarterback, so I don't mind uh, those guys either. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Terrell Bernard, he's like low-end LB2 for me. He's been good, really good all year, and just the past um, month, really, has, has definitely declined um, as far as production goes. And we even saw Tyrell Dodson's uh, 80% snap share uh, last week, which um, mm. was the highest for him since, like, week nine. So um, not not a full-time player by any means, but he's been productive, could be taking away a little bit of that production from, from Terrell Bernard. So... Yeah, Terrell Bernard, low-end LB2 at, at best for me. And then Tyrell Dodson, the 80% is right now looks like an outlier. I don't know how much to trust it um, if it's going to continue this week, but he, he's he's an option for, for deeper leagues, basically. It's interesting. The Dodson, he's he's played he's played really well, I think, mm-hmm. when he's got opportunities. He just, he can't he can't tackle very very well, but other than that, he's played <laughs> he's played pretty well. So I'm not surprised yeah. to see him get more 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 of a run. But yeah, let's let's wait and see how this pans out. It's it's Bernard, I think, till the end of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. I am with you. Um, but I think that's pretty much it from New England Buffalo. Unless you got anything else for those guys? No, that's me. Uh, that's me out on on those two. Awesome. Let's go to Carolina and Jacksonville then. Um, I'll start with the Carolina linebacker. Linebacker. I was going to say linebackers, but it's really just one. It's it's Frankie Louvu, right? And and he's coming off a nice IDP performance this past week. Um, I, six tackles, nothing crazy, but he also had a sack in there. He's now got five and a half sacks on the season, which is just a half sack behind Brian Burns for, for most on the team. Um, so he, he's been productive. He's found ways to, you know, be an effective IDP as well. And it's a really nice matchup this week going against the Jaguars who are giving up the second most tackles per game to the linebacker position. 
Luvu's been about league average as far as tackle efficiency goes. So he, he, you know, he's had his down games in there for sure. But I really like the matchup this week for Frankie Luvu. He he's LB eleven for me this week. I think he, there's a lot of potential there. I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. So again, you know, if they're going to use him as, as a blitzer every once in a while as well, he should be able to to get home against a less mobile um, CJ Beathard at, at quarterback as well. So um, yeah, don't mind uh, Frankie Luvu this week, basically. Yeah, you're a bit higher than me on him. I've got him in the twenties, um, but yeah, I can, I can, I can get on board with your points. Uh, maybe I'm scared off by that tackle efficiency being sort of, as you say, a pretty pretty average. Uh, but yeah. he, he has that uh, he has that upside that that ability to to have a big week and could be a deciding factor in those uh, in the in that fantasy championship for for teams that start him. So. Yeah, I think he has the the kind of upside, like you said. It, you know, there there's definitely been those down games for him, but you could it definitely pop off uh, every once in a while. And I, I kind of like that spot for him this week here against Jacksonville. But I mean, other than that, for Carolina, for me, like Von Bell is just kind of fine at safety. It's a decent matchup for cornerbacks for. Um, you know, for for Carolina here, because Jacksonville's given up a lot of tackles per game to the cornerback position, but they don't really have anybody that's reliable. JC Horn is playing the most snaps, basically, and, and he's not a great IDP either. So it's really, I think, Frankie Louvu, I mean, Brian Burns, I, I know he, he doesn't have the sack production this year, but he's been fine he's been a solid um pass rusher and Derek brown um at defensive tackle who's also been solid um obviously he just a tackle monster this year and just continuing to add to his totals um should be up over 100 um definitely by the season's end if he's not already there already i haven't checked this week i can't remember um but he's very very close uh so yeah that's kind of the carolina panthers for me i don't know is there anybody else for you um that that's worth talking about no, just to touch on the Brian Burns point. Yeah, he has he has been okay, but that was more toward the beginning of the season. And I've I've dropped him quite significantly in my rankings over the last couple of weeks because he hasn't it seems like he hasn't done anything for, for quite a while now. So he's 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 dropped right down for me. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it tells its own story that we almost mentioned him as an afterthought. You know, he would have been one of the one of the first people would have we would have mentioned on that Panthers defense from an IDP standpoint going back what two months ago yeah it's uh yeah it's just been like as as much as people are excited about brian burns and you know his potential and everything he's he just hasn't taken that next step quite yet in the nfl like his all his pass rush numbers really good just kind of plateaued over the past few years and there, there hasn't been that you know any kind of sign that he's going to be that elite pass rusher even though it feels like he will but still young 25 years old but um yeah it's not the worst matchup this week for him uh, against uh what's his face here anton harrison so anton harrison 57.3 pass blocking grade um it's not terrible um it's not very good either so it, it could be one of those weeks for brian burns it's been a while for him since he's been idp relevant but yeah it, it, he's not been exciting you're not excited to put him in the lineup and, and hope for the best because he just hasn't shown it this year um on the Jacksonville side of things, I like the regular guys, basically. I, it's there's, This is not a lot of questions here for me. Foya, Lucon, Devin Lloyd, both been solid. It's not a great matchup going against Carolina, who are giving up the 30th most tackles per game to the linebacker position. But these guys have been solid uh, for most of the season here. Same thing with Rayshon Jenkins at safety. Um, the Panthers are giving up the eighth most tackles per game to the safety position. So I do like Rayshon Jenkins um, quite a bit. He's been a, he's been a productive tackler. 
Um, nice matchup for Darius Williams at corner. Um, he's actually CB10 for me this week because the Panthers given up uh, the second most tackles per game to the cornerback position. Um, and Josh Allen. I, I mean, what else is there to say? Josh Allen's been been excellent. I know he's been a little bit quieter here lately. Um, but again, the pass rush metrics are, are all there for him. And the Panthers love to give up a lot of pressure and uh, Bryce Young giving up a, a, quite a few sacks. So um, that part of it I really like for Josh Allen. But that is basically the it, nothing. Nothing really changes here for the the Jaguars defense for me. No, no, I wanted to to rank. I know it's, you know, as you said, bad, bad matchup for the linebackers. I wanted to rank Boyer lower than I did, but I, I couldn't drop him any more than uh, LB3. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, it's just too, no, no players matchup proof, but if he, if there was one, he's, he's got to come, he's got to come fairly close to being one of those guys, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly where I have him as well. I have him as LB3. Um, it's just, like you said, he, he's just been so good. Um, let's go to the Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants. Uh, where do you want to start with these two guys? Yeah, Kobe Turner. I, I think, you know, he looks pretty good over the last month. I didn't want to believe it. No, it's not that I didn't want to believe it. It's just that I was a bit slow on the uptake, maybe. But he's 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 been pretty consistent over the course of the last month. I'm always a bit wary of these guys who come out of nowhere and and, and start to put it all together in, in in you know one maybe two games. But after three or four, maybe five, I'm starting to believe what I'm seeing. Uh, there's another guy we'll talk about later on, Malcolm Koontz, falls into the same category for me. But yeah, I think Turner can continue his hot streak against uh, the team that has allowed the most sacks in 2023. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible offensive line over there uh, in New York, and this is funny because yeah, we literally have the same um, ideas here with 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 these players. That Kobe Turner is definitely the one that that I highlighted as well because since Week Twelve, um, and 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 since uh, the Rams Week Sixteen game. Kobe Turner owns a 90.1 pass rush grade, which is the best mark for the position over that span. So the the best mark among defensive tackles, Kobe Turner has been uh, amazing since week 12 here. Five and a half sacks over his last seven games, six and a half on the year, which is tied for the lead among rookies um, this season. So really nice numbers there for Kobe Turner. Love the matchup. Love it for him and Aaron Donald as well, who. Oh, yeah. been quiet recently right only a half sack um across his last six games or something like that so uh, this again this giants interior offensive line especially have been really really bad so um i think there's at least a chance here we see a nice aaron donald's game and potentially a nice kobe turner game as well yeah all three of those guys on the interior isn't it it's bredesen uh, Pew and uh, Schmitz Jr. Isn't yeah. it? They're all yeah. they're all really poor pass blockers. So yeah, Donald and Turner. I like both this week. Ernest Jones. Uh, he's a slight fade for me this week in a poor matchup. Uh, still a low end LB one. Wouldn't 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 hold it against you, John, if you had him in LB two territory though. Where do you where do you have him ranked this week? Yep, low end LB one for me this week. Uh, exactly like you said. I I just love Ernest Jones. I, I love what he brings mm-hmm. to the table. I love the defense that that he plays in here. And but like you said, it's not a great matchup, right? So um, the Giants that that offense, it, what they're going to look like and how much opportunities they're going to provide, uh, it just seems to change week to week. And then now they got to change their quarterback as well with Tyrod Taylor um, starting this week. So it should be better than Tommy DeVito, but we don't know, right? It, it's just been it's been so bad over there. 
Yeah. And then on the other side, uh, Thibodeau, I want to start talking about him first of all. He's, he's, he's inconsistent. He has been all year. His, his production's come in bunches. Um, I don't think we can trust him versus a team that has allowed only, what, 1.9 sacks per game this year. I think they rank fourth, fifth, as I look at it on this list here. Don't like Thibodeau this week. Bad matchup. Yeah, we, we talked about him last week and, and not trusting him and not wanting to play him against the Eagles, right? Because his pass rush metrics were really, really bad um, this season. And they just continue to be like his his win rate, his pressure rate, his pass rush grade, everything like outside the top 50, even though he has whatever it is, 11 and a half sacks on the year, like he's taken advantage of some good matchups, right? And he's had these explosion games, but really he's definitely overperforming what he's actually doing on the field and um i'm with you i, I don't love uh Kayvon thibodeau he's right back where where i had him uh last week basically he's in that that low end edge three range um against a, a good rams team that were with matthew stafford who's able to get the ball out and, and avoid those sacks so uh i'm with you i just don't think he's he's done enough as far as pass rush metrics go to to kind of earn a starting spot or be a must start here going forward no. Uh, Bobby O, Bobby Okereke, he, I think he can kind of produce. It's a bit of a below average matchup, but I've still got him as uh, LB6 quite high, I know, but he's he's been he's been pretty consistent this year. I, I, I kind of like him. We have him in the exact same spot. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> this happens every time we do a show together. Yeah, there's literally <laughs> the exact same rankings almost. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, yeah, LB6 for me as well. He's been, he's been the one guy like, you know, when you look at some of these kind of man heavy defenses and a lot of them, a lot of the linebackers kind of bit underperform and they're inefficient. Bobby Okereke has been, he's been excellent. He's been able to kind of overcome that situation and, and just be consistent uh, for pretty much every week here. So yeah, I love that about him. Um, and yeah, I like the safeties as well. Uh, how do you feel about those guys? Yeah, I was going to mention the corners actually. Mm, give a bit, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's give the corners a bit of love. It's a great matchup for these, uh, for these, uh, Giants corners. Uh, Deontay Banks is probably the guy I would normally go with, but he's questionable, I think, with a shoulder injury. So just a just a suggestion for, for managers out there who are looking for corners to start or who have Banks on their roster, just to monitor his status as the uh, as the week unfolds. Yeah, he's a he's a nice one for sure. It definitely gets uh, targeted a ton when he's out there. So yeah, I like Deontay Banks. Um, but yeah, and I do like the safeties just to kind of to build on that. Um, they, yeah. These guys, nice matchup here. Ninth most tackles per game to the safety position from the Rams. So Xavier McKinney, Jason Pinnock, um, coming off decent weeks here again in in a positive matchup last week as well. So um, I, I like them to kind of keep that going here uh, in in week 17 and have both of those guys in that kind of high-end safety two um, to low-end safety two range uh, with McKinney being the highest. Yeah, I think I've got the same pretty much pr pretty similar um i've got mckinney above pinnock pinnock's down for me at uh safety 22 mckinney's at safety 10 this week nice yeah i got uh, mckinney uh, safety 15 and pinnock safety 23 so we're uh, again pretty close there um mm -hmm. let's go to uh the next game on the list which is the arizona cardinals at the philadelphia eagles um I will start with the Eagles linebackers, I think. So I know last week we saw uh, Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham dealing with injuries. They both missed week 16. The Eagles were left with no choice but to allow basically uh, more playing time for Shaquille Leonard, who played 87% of the defensive snaps. 
We also saw Ben Van Summeren, um, I think that's how you say it, come in, play 58% of snaps at linebacker. Nobody's ever heard of him before. Um, <laughs> this is, yeah, th- it looks like Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham were both at practice today in, in a limited fashion. So it's, it's, it's possible that at least one of them plays this week. So we shouldn't have to play Ben Van Summeren um, in our in our championship week. But Shaquille Leonard, if only one of Cunningham or Morrow plays, could be one of those guys for deeper leagues, but I don't expect it to be anywhere near a full-time role. At best, it should be probably around 70%, which I, I, I don't even think they'd, they'd like him to play that much. So, um, yeah, if Morrow or Cunningham plays, they should be the every-down players, and I think you could definitely start them. But you're hoping for one of those guys and not having to put uh, Shaquille Leonard or um, yeah, the other guy, Ben Van Summer, in, in there. Um because, yeah, Agreed. as crazy as that is to say, right, you don't want to put Shaquille Leonard in your lineup if he's starting, which uh, he just hasn't been good this year. And I don't think it's going to be a full-time role. He looked so bad last weekend. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. It's it's tough to watch, unfortunately. And it's, yeah, just, just seeing more and more of him, it's no surprise that, uh, that the Colts let him go. But uh, it is what it is, man. F- football is a brutal physical game, and it definitely wears on these guys. Uh, over time so just not the same player that he once was but yeah other than that for the eagles um hassan reddick uh, again coming off quieter week what was a really nice matchup for him just didn't take advantage of it but he's been he's been great all season um at really strong pass rush metrics he's still a, a starting option for me i think i have him as edge 11 um josh sweat you know in those deeper leagues i think he's fine he's been he's good but he's just he's inconsistent um and then yeah other than that i mean the safeties are, are great right like the safeties reed blankenship kevin byard have been really solid here so i think you're fine starting those guys but i don't know anybody else for philly for no could talk about Carter for for a brief moment. His his yeah. snap share has fallen away. His production has fallen away. It's it's kind of a shame. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't think he's the kind of guy that anyone can be can be trusting to start at this point in the season. Um, and yeah, j- just a touch on Josh Sweat as well. Real shame he's he's fallen away as well over the second half of the season. He started pretty pretty well in the first in the first half there. And uh, I, I at one point I had him and Reddick ranked not too far apart that gap mm. has, has certainly widened as the season's gone on yeah I, keep, I feel like i keep waiting for for josh sweat to kind of get back at it and and get and be more consistent again but still six and a half sacks on the year hasn't had a sack since week nine after starting off um pretty hot like i said the, the six and a half sacks all came um from week nine and and prior so um just been quiet lately but yeah he's a good player it's just uh again just hasn't had the production that we've been looking for from him so um definitely not somebody that you have to start this week um against the cardinals even though mm-hmm. Kyler murray does take uh, his fair share of sacks as well so there's that to like about it if you do start him yeah i think um, i cursed him I, I started talking sweat up a little bit uh, around that week seven week eight week week nine okay. mark and I've, I've just jinxed him from now on so i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna stay quiet on him next year because i do like him and i want him to i want him to come good I want him to come yeah. good so i'll uh, i'll leave him to it would appreciate that yeah try not to push uh, josh sweat for it um and then on the arizona side of the defense um chris barnes was the full-time linebacker for arizona uh, in week 16 josh woods is out for the year obviously we know kaiser white's out for the year so they're on to chris barnes here 
not the best matchup. Um, the Eagles giving up the 22nd most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So you can start Chris Barnes if you're just looking for kind of a warm body, 100% snap player. But with all those options out there, he's like LB33 for me. So um, definitely startable in, in deeper leagues, but uh, not somebody that you're overly excited about, or at least I'm not anyways. I don't know. Do you feel any different about um, Chris Barnes this week? I do not. No, he's ranked He's ranked fairly lowly for me. Uh, I'm trying to have a look now. He's in that LB40 range. I know that. Uh, sorry, LB37 this week, actually, which is higher than I thought I had him ranked. But yeah, it's, he's a full-time guy. It's just, uh, yeah, at this point yeah. in the season, you, you, you know, with third string linebacker, anyone can have a big game. They don't have to be great, especially at linebacker. They just have to play. But yeah, yeah Barnes doesn't get me excited. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I do like Buda Baker uh, a lot. I, there's no surprise there. Buda Baker's been awesome. Still one of the most uh, efficient tacklers at the safety position. I, I think he's top 10 uh, again this year as far as tackle efficiency goes at 10.1%, I think it is, um, which is good for a safety. Uh, and yeah, it's a nice matchup going against the Eagles who are giving up the fourth most tackles per game to the safety position. So Buda Baker uh, is safety three for me this week. I really like his potential there, especially with the just lacking options at the linebacker position um his ability to make tackles i think around the line of scrimmage uh, should pay off nicely here against a, a philadelphia team that can definitely sustain drives and 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 get the ball moving and they do like to run the ball when they have a lead as well which they should so um yeah like this a lot for buda baker um but anybody else for uh arizona for you yeah, it's a terrible matchup because the the eagles yeah. have only allowed 0.7 sacks per game over the last three games they're leading the nfl in that category over that span but uh, Dennis Gardex got better as the season's gone on. Notice that Zayvon Collins missed uh, practice mm. uh, with an ankle injury. Gardex just needs more snaps, you know, and more pass rush snaps specifically. Yeah. Uh, but can he get them this week? Maybe with Collins out, but it's just a it's it's a bad matchup. So if you've been avoiding him, continue to avoid him, but maybe keep an eye on him next year. Yeah, it's definitely somebody that again, like the Arizona defensive line. They, they need help. They're, they're, some of these guys are going to stick around and, and have a role here. And Dennis Gardeck is as good a bet as anybody else, right? They, I think he leads the team in sacks um, this season. I'd have to look, but it, yeah, six sacks that leads the team. Um, the next closest is BJ Ojolari. So uh, with mm. four, and th- there's just been nothing here from the defensive line, unfortunately, uh, in Arizona. No, um, pass, as I say, the underlying metrics, pass rush metrics, are pretty good. But if you look at the, yeah. the number of pass rush snaps he plays every week, he's it's in the teens, the mid teens every week, which yeah. is not going to help him keep pace with with the other guys. No, unfortunately not. Um, all right, let's keep her rolling here. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, anybody that you want to start with on either side here? Yeah, um, another stud from last week and all season in general, actually. AVG, uh, is he is he the real deal, John? Everything kind of suggests he is. Uh, but will the game script work in his favor or in the Dolphins' favor against one of the most informed teams in the NFL? I don't know. Will he get sufficient pass rush opportunities? Might be the same issue with Chubb, Sealer, and Wilkins this week. Yeah, I, I love what Andrew Van Ginkle's done um, this season. Him and Bradley Chubb both. Um, yeah, Zach Saylor and Christian Wilkins as well. Like their defensive line's been really good. 
This is a tougher matchup, though, right? Against uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, one of the better pass blocking units in the league, uh, and, and you got Lamar Jackson back there, who just always seems to be impossible to to get a sack on. Um, so slippery in the backfield, so quick uh, to to get out and and uh, and get out of harm's way. And yeah, that that's that's the struggle for me this week. Like I like Van Ginkle, I, I like the playing time, I like the pass rush metrics. He's edge twenty two for me this week, so he's definitely startable. Um, and he's he's done a nice job when he's been on the field um but he's definitely on the lower range there's there's matchups obviously that that i prefer where i've had him a lot higher in the ranks but um yeah coming off a one and a half sack game him and uh, bradley chubb both but um yeah not uh, not the ideal matchup this week but there's enough volume there that if you wanted to if you've been playing him you don't have better options you could definitely continue to start him and bradley chubb yeah, we're in sync. He's my edge 24 this week. Uh, Duke, Duke Riley, David Long, uh, are we trusting them this week? The, both guys had 90% plus last week. We know we, we know we probably prefer Riley because he was the only full-time guy, 100% guy, actually. Um, but again, these are two names that don't, don't get me massively excited, really, in, in what's going to be, again, a, a fairly... It should be a fairly good line. Uh, sorry, a fairly good matchup for linebackers. But I'm not. I, I struggle to get excited about guys like this. I'm with you, and it's not. I mean, part of it's them, right? Like as players, that really the the entire Miami linebacker core this season just been super inefficient. Um, Jerome Baker and Duke Riley specifically, those guys both have failed to crack even 10% tackle efficiency this season. Um, but David Long. Actually, he's he's the one that I like a little bit more because um, just because the yeah the the snap share has been comparable at least for for Long and Riley, but at least with Long, like we've seen him be an average tackle, uh, an average in tackle efficiency. Whereas mm-hmm. Baker, like who's obviously not playing, but Duke Riley, just really really inefficient with his opportunities and um, by by a pretty big margin here as far as the you know comparing to league average goes. So like. It's not. I'm not high on him by any means. I think I have him as like LB 42 or something like that. So, because of the matchup more than anything against the Ravens, who are giving up the third most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So, like again, in those deeper leagues, if you're looking for a guy that's going to play around 90% of snaps and and have a nice matchup here, David Long is is the guy that I like. Duke Riley, just not somebody that I, I want to mess around with again barely not not yeah not even 10 percent tackle efficiency this season i think it, well, it's like it's close it's like 9.8 or something like that so if you round up it is but it's still that's like three points below league average right and that that's just not what you want from your linebackers um especially considering that that inefficient tackling tends to be stickier than than overly efficient tackling so um that's where i struggle with uh, with somebody like a duke riley fair enough fair enough and then the the dolphin safeties um so mm-hmm. it's it's it, we don't know whether whether holland's going to come back he's hopeful about playing if he does fire him up if he doesn't continue playing brandon jones in that spot i prefer jones and holland over elliot but i would yeah. start any any of those three guys whoever's starting this weekend i i assume it's going to be elliot and and holland or elliot and jones but yeah go go with those guys great matchup yeah, love it. Um, yeah, Javon Holland, it looks like he's going to be back. So that that is the nice thing. Or at least he's been practicing and he's trending in the right direction. So he's been he's been out for a while. Looks like he'll be back this week. Deshaun Elliott did come back. So I, I tend to think it'll be Holland and Elliott, but I'm with you. If, if Holland's ruled out, Brandon Jones has been solid. I definitely prefer Brandon Jones over Deshaun Elliott as well. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, other than that. Yeah, on the, 
No, no one else on on Miami on the on the Baltimore side. Uh, you know, is is Roquan matchup proof? He's he's delivered in inferior matchups this year and of late. So San Francisco, the the Chargers as well. So I'm I'm again not fading him. There's probably two or three linebackers, and he's one of those two or three that I don't really move massively based on a poor matchup. They're they're always going to be in my top three until they prove otherwise. Uh, so yeah, I I really like Roquan this week, uh, and then Madabuke he failed to record a sack last week for the first time in about twenty yeah. years. Um, could that cold streak continue this week in a tough matchup? I think it's I think it's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a great matchup, right? And then to uh, you know, he, he's been he's been getting more he's getting sacked a little bit more lately, but the the Miami pass blocking unit and and to a typically has been pretty good at getting the ball out quickly so um yeah it wasn't a great matchup last week we had kind of talked about it it seemed to be in danger um heading into last week against the 49ers and and unfortunately the sack streak came to an end um 11 games just tying the the, the nfl record unfortunately not breaking it but um yeah matabuike he's been so good it's hard to bench him um but yeah there's there's definitely risk now right so we, we we're not riding the hot hand anymore here um as the streak comes to an end but um yeah anybody he's, else he's for proved, Baltimore he's proved human uh yeah, yeah. just a, just a, a nod to, to monitor uh Kyle Hamilton's uh status with that knee um would you would you pivot to Geno Stone I, it's obviously not a like for like replacement these are not the same player by any stretch um but yeah I I really like Hamilton I know you do too good game last week with those big plays but yeah a bit worried about that knee yeah, that's the concern, right? He was kind of dealing with the knee injury coming into that week and then obviously didn't finish the game because of the knee injury. So that that's the part that scares me. And man, he was so good. He's he's just been amazing. Two interceptions in that game. He helped me get into a, one of my championship matches as well with just the that big performance on, on Monday night. So it's just, you'd love to see it from Kyle Hamilton. It's just such a bummer that he's dealing with this injury now and we might not be able to use him this week. But I don't mind the pivot to Geno Stone. I'm not going to have him as highly ranked as I would Kyle Hamilton if if Hamilton was playing. But Geno Stone's been fine this year. Um, Marcus Williams, I, I'm probably not as interested in, but it's it's a nice matchup here uh, for for the Baltimore safeties with Miami giving up the six most tackles to the position. So um, there is that to like if you do have to pivot and and find somebody on the waiver wire. Geno Stone would be one of the I guess that one of the the higher options among safeties for me to to look at. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that about does it for me for the uh, the Dolphins and the Ravens. I think that does it for me as well. So let's move to um, the Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears. Um, and this is like this is one of the more like bland kind of matchups that I had here on the on the card this week because there's really nothing like for me that I want to get into too much because it's just not exciting and it's not really anything different from what we've always talked about with these two teams essentially um because yeah TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds have been solid at at linebacker and it's a nice matchup for them um going against the bear going against the Falcons who are giving up the six most tackles per game to the linebacker position so like both of those guys definitely startable for me Jaquan Brisker uh one of the 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 top safeties for me uh, every week pretty much he's in that that top 12 range on a pretty consistent basis just because of his usage and alignment 
And the same thing with with Kyler Gordon and Tyreek Stevenson at, at corner. Um, these guys have been been excellent all year. Tyreek Stevenson getting a ton of targets thrown his way, and Kyler Gordon just been productive in that that slot role and 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 coming up with some big plays in there as well. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it basically comes down to the the defensive line where there's really only one guy. It's Montez Sweat, and uh, I know he, he didn't get the the big game last week, but he's been great um, over the past month um, now with Chicago, and he's definitely a starting option for me this week going against Atlanta. I got him as edge twelve. Atlanta's also you know given up a, a decent amount of tackles to the position, actually the most tackles per game to the defensive line position, but um, Sweat. You know, it's not Atlanta is a decent pass blocking unit, but going against Taylor Heineke and and those and, and that quarterback, it's not a high end passing offense. So there's not a ton of opportunity there. But just looking at the matchups this week and and some of the other options, it's, it was hard for me to keep Sweat out of that that top twelve. I, I I really liked what he's been doing lately. Yeah, so I've got him down as my edge seventeen, but I'm gonna move him up yeah. because uh, ahead of coming on your show, I was just checking the the latest injury reports, and it looks like the entire Falcons O line is is banged up. Like four out of the five guys are listed as as questionable, and it looks like at least two of those are gonna miss the game. So, like you said, Sweat was on fire for four games uh, there prior to last week. I definitely think he could uh, he could bounce back this weekend. Nice, yeah. It's uh, yeah, Storm Norton at right tackle over there for for uh, Atlanta, and yeah, we'll see um, how many of these guys actually play. Like you said, but yeah, that that's kind of the Bears for me. I, I don't know if there's anybody else on Chicago that you think is worth going into, but they're pretty easy defense to figure out for IDP. No, like you say, that that about covers it. The only thing I was going to mention on the Falcons side is that it continues to be Helms in place of of Grant, yeah. uh, which we which you probably touched on touched on last week. And and I wanted to mention that the Falcons seem to find some some semblance of a pass rush last <laughs> weekend, which was was really really bizarre to see. I don't I don't really want to trust any of those guys though, even Ebiketti. It was nice to see Zach Harrison sort of get in on the action as well. But yeah, I don't really want to trust any of these these guys this week. Chicago's offensive line was was pretty terrible to start the year, but I uh I think there's better options this week. Yeah, that's the thing. The the Atlanta defensive line as a whole they they've been better than what they were but it's just on a week-to-week basis trying to pick who is going to come up with a sack in there it's been difficult to pin down and like bud dupree's been fine this year but he's, he's really nothing special as a player and you know you can definitely take the risk there because he's playing the most but it's again it's it's a risky proposition in the, in the finals to be trusting somebody like bud dupree um but yeah, other than that, for Atlanta, I mean, Nate Landman and, and Cade Nellis, we did see K- uh, Nate Landman play 100% of snaps last week, um, which of course, you know, th- this is another one of those fluctuating um, snap shares that we've seen all season long where there's he, he does get a couple weeks where he plays an every down role, and then the next week he'll drop down to like 70%. So it's hard to trust him. Um, he's like an LB3 for me just because he's been so efficient as a tackler. Um, but I, 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 I struggle to put him any higher than that. And the same thing with Caden Ellis. I know he had the sack last week, but he's been the opposite as far as tackle efficiency goes, just been really inefficient. Um, so I, I wouldn't be having him any higher than an LB three this week either. Agreed. Um, yeah, so that will do it for that first half of game. So we'll take a quick ad break here. And this one is from our friends at DraftKings. 
Uh, NFL fans, it's time to unwrap nonstop football action this holiday season. Throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet for just five bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So I do have a couple picks for Thursday night, and they are both on the Jets defense. Um, I went with CJ Mosley over seven and a half total tackles, which is a Really low number for a 100% uh, snap linebacker already, but we talked about it earlier in the show. CJ Mosley, top 10 in linebacker tackle efficiency this season, playing the Browns who are giving up the most tackles per game to the linebacker position. Really like the the idea of CJ Mosley going over seven and a half total tackles. I think that's a a great number for him to, to hit. And then the other one that I put was Quincy Williams uh, over four and a half solo tackles. Um, Quincy Williams been another one that this this year that you know he's he's cooled a little bit, but he's been he's been a, a great tackle machine and he's playing a near every down role. And again in the same matchup, so like these guys to have their opportunities this week and and take advantage of those tackles. Um, so yeah, download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code PFF. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner golden nugget lake charles louisiana 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources all right let's go on to the second half of games here it is the tennessee titans at the houston texans to get us started jace where do you want to start with uh, these two teams yeah, Howard, Howard Landry. You know, he started the year poorly. Uh, I've never been his biggest fan. He's always been one of those guys for me that relies on heavy volume to produce, but he has nine sacks in the last 10 games and, and Houston has allowed four sacks per game in their last three. So I quite like the matchup. I like the form uh, and I like the matchup. So Landry's, sorry, Landry is someone I'm I'm looking to have a good game this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I like Landry. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I, I felt the need to, to speak there. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, it's your show. You can talk whenever you want. Um, <laughs> the Al Shair show continues. He has at least eight tackles in each of his last five and remains an LB1 in a good matchup. It's a pretty pretty easy one there, really. Yeah, he's been he's been excellent. Um, love Aziz Al Shear is definitely in that LB one range for me this week as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I vote for like the very deepest of IDP leagues. People want to hear a name that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, Otis Reese the fourth. Um, he played a very small role as the team's secondary linebacker this past week because Jack Gibbons is on injured reserve now. Um, you know, he's probably only going to play around like 50% of the snaps again in, in week 17, which is a very untrustworthy number for IDP purposes, but there's a lot of deep, deep leagues out there and it's a decent matchup against the Texans. If, you know, people are desperate, which hopefully you're not, but if you are, um, Otis Reese, the fourth, uh, could be somebody as well, um, to, to look at, uh, on your waiver wire, cause guaranteed he's on your waiver wire. I love the name. I love the name. Um, and the last one uh, for, for the Titans to mention, Amani Hooker, is is on IR. Obviously, Mike Brown 
played almost every down in his place. It's a it's a desperation play at a position again where you've got lots of other choices, but you could do worse. Yep, I am with you there as well. Um, yeah, I don't and then on the Houston side, uh, yeah, great matchup for the edge rushers. Uh, but we need to monitor the the practice status of uh, Greenard and Will Anderson. Uh, you know, I'm I'm even looking at Jerry Hughes and Derek Barnett. Uh, as a as sort of edge threes in a pinch because I like the matchup so much. So yeah, keep an eye on those guys. I'd obviously I'd prefer to have uh Greenard and, and Anderson in there, but if not, then those those two others are, are still still, I think, reasonably decent plays this week. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, it was a bummer to see Greenard because we've been talking him up uh, the past few weeks and and he played only three defensive snaps last week with the the ankle injury and didn't come back in the game. But if he's able to get healthy, this is a, a team that he I think he had two and a half sacks against just a couple weeks ago. Um, so this is a really nice matchup and their offensive tackles there in, in Tennessee. Um, Jalen Duncan and, and Dylan Radins have been have been terrible. So uh, it's just yeah. it's a really nice matchup. And maybe Will Anderson comes back as well um, to, to potentially take advantage of it. And I think Dillard's back in the frame now because the rookie okay. got injured, didn't he, last week? So and Dillard was as, as as poor as any left tackle in the league before he lost his job. So yeah, yeah they're really struggling to find, especially a, a left tackle. So yeah, find find any Texans edge rushers and, and start them is my advice. <laughs> um, and then obviously to monitor Blake Cashman's injury status. Yeah. Obviously in his absence, we saw Harris and, and Perriman play uh, every down last week, but this it's not a great matchup for linebackers. So, um, you could again, you could do better. Where have I got them ranked? Let's have a quick look. I've got Harris as my LB29 and Perriman as my LB35. How does that compare with yours, John? Yeah, I got uh, Perriman LB34 and Christian Harris LB35. So they're they're both in that kind of LB3, low-end LB3 range for me this week. Like you said, the same reasons. Not not a great matchup. It's not exactly 100% of snaps. There's the potential that Blake Cashman comes back as well. Like if Cashman comes back, I'm not playing any of the Houston linebackers. It's just it's been too risky. We've seen them all, you know, share like 60% snap shares, so there's just it's just not worth the risk here. Yeah, right there with you. Um, the other right thing for, you. yeah, anything else for Houston for you before? Because I, I, nope, I did have a, another up. point. So th- the other point here for Houston that I, I wanted to talk about was Jalen Petre was benched um, in, in the second half of last game. Uh, he didn't play any defensive snaps beyond the third quarter. For me, 
that makes him extremely risky. I, I know this is a player, again, we've talked about in the past. People have spent spent high draft capital to acquire him this season. I'm not trusting him in, in Week 17 lineups, not after a benching. I mean, it's definitely possible that you know he, he starts the game again, but there's also now this risk that he doesn't play a full game and that D'Amico Ryans pulls him as well. And it's really just not a great matchup to 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 trust it in the first place. Jalen Petrie hasn't been anything spectacular this season. Um, and, and the, the Tennessee Titans given up this, the second fewest tackles per game to the safety position. So for me, that just tells me that Jalen Petrie is an absolute, uh, avoid this week, um, in the championship matchup. Oh yeah. Right. He, you know, he started slowly, found his feet for a little while there, but then sort of yeah. tailed off again. And ultimately, like you say, he got benched. Um, and I think, did I see they signed Kareem Jackson as well? They did. Um, yeah. They claimed Kareem so, Jackson yeah, off that, waivers. That kind of shows, shows to me that Petre is, is, you know, he's, he's losing his grip on that role. Last year, 13% tackle rate, five interceptions this year, 8.9% tackle rate and zero interceptions. Yeah. Um, which is confusing to me because I know there's a new DC there, but his role hasn't really changed. It hasn't really changed that much. He's he's blitzing a little bit more. He's playing in the slot a little bit more, but the the difference is is negligible. Yeah, it's not a huge difference, right? And it's just like a really good example of the the volatility of the defensive back and and the safety position specifically here. Um, year to year right it's you know you chasing these guys that have these big seasons is just not sustainable so um yeah unfortunately Jalen Petrie uh not somebody that I'll be starting in week 17 anywhere um hopefully you don't as well if you have him I mean you could risk it if you like but to just know that there is now a big risk with him um I do like Desmond King uh the cornerback for for the Texans he's been amazing he's got 22 22 total tackles over his last two games um he's kind of locked into a starting role now as their primary slot corner uh averaging 94 percent of the defensive snaps over the past two weeks um his efficiency has been obviously the key here and it's just similar to what we saw from tavier thomas earlier in the season right when he had that role and was earning like a 13.6 percent tackle efficiency which is insane for for a cornerback and then king has already surpassed that number 15.6 percent tackle efficiency which is bound to regress for for idp managers and it's not the most amazing matchup by any means but playing in that slot role still has really helped him and we only need him to be efficient again for one more week here. So Desmond King, definitely a starting corner uh, option for you if you if you need him this week. Yeah, I like that. I did I did take a quick look at uh, King for my uh, for my rankings. I decided to go against. Um, I can't remember the reason why. It might have been matchup based, but yeah, it's not a terrible matchup, is it? Twenty third, um, Tennessee yielding twenty third most tackles to to opposition cornerbacks. So yeah. maybe that's one I got to revisit. Might convince me there, John. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, he's just been so good lately. I, and I meant to get him in my rankings last week and 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 just didn't do it and, and completely forgot. But I do want to see where Tennessee is in their last three games. They've actually been better recently. So I, I do remember pulling this number. So they're 23rd on the year at 11.9 tackles per game to the safe or to the cornerback position. Um, but over their last three, that number is 14.3. So that would be technically like a, a top 10 number. But over the past three games yeah that's a that's a top 10 number for um for cornerback tackles per game so it's Mm. been a better matchup recently at least for for tennessee okay okay that's um it's a good point to take away there um all right let's go to the 
Uh, it lit Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and I'll start with the, yeah, let's start with the Colts side of things, I think. Um, and I'll, I'll start with their safety because Julian Blackman uh, has been excellent this season, really, really effective and, and efficient with his opportunities, playing that box role for Gus Bradley, but suffered a shoulder, shoulder injury placed on injured reserve. His season is now done. It's not a great matchup for the safety position. Um, the, the Raiders given up the 26 most tackles per game to safeties, but Nick Cross is somebody that, you know, if you're looking for a potential streamer this week as somebody that can play that primary box safety role in Gus Bradley's defense, which is the same role that's allowed Julian Blackman to be so productive and, and consistent as an IDP this year. I don't mind taking a shot on Nick Cross if you're desperate um, in a matchup here against the Raiders. Um, he's not a top 24 safety for me or anything like that uh, because of the matchup, but for deeper leagues, I may be in need of a potentially like solid tackle floor. I think Nick Cross could be an option this week. Yeah, I I I I'd listed to make mention of him, but uh, you know, seven tackles uh, in a in a game where he wasn't even the the full time guy, or at least not until Blackman left. Um, I'm, I'm not a massive Nick Cross fan, sure, but yeah, I I can I can see why you'd mention him here. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily a fan of the player, more just like the role that he would play in that defense this week in Gus Bradley's yeah. defense, right? So that that kind of being the main thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, for for Indianapolis, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed have been excellent. Not a great matchup for them either. Um, going against the Raiders, 29th most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So um, I, I have them both in that kind of LB2 range. I actually moved Zaire Franklin. He's LB14 for me. He's one that... Tip has been LB top 12 for me all year long, but with EJ speed there, we've seen a little bit more shared production um, from the linebacker core. So I, I've, I have moved him down a little bit, but definitely he's not anywhere far from being a, a non-starter for me in IDP leagues or anything like that. So um, outside of him, not a lot of exciting options here. DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore, obviously, but anybody that you trust outside of uh, outside of those guys? Uh, Samson there becomes okay. I've been kind of interested in at various points this year he's he's I think probably the best edge rusher they've got there I'm I'm not a massive fan of Deo Odiingbo I think he's been quite lucky to have the sack numbers he's had and um, yeah, I think I think Ebicam is probably the the one guy I'd I'd, I'd kind of like take another look at but um, Again, there's a lot. There's a lot better edge rushers available at this point in this season. I don't think the injuries have been um, quite quite as severe at the edge spot as they have at, say, the linebacker spot. So I'm yeah. uh, some of these guys would that would be sort of vel sorry edge threes, edge fours. This kind of pushes them down a little bit for me this week. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm in that same kind of range for pretty much all those guys across the board. Um, and then on the the Raiders side of things, um, I mean Robert Spillane, yeah, definitely startable against Indianapolis here at a nice matchup, uh, giving up the fifth most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So Robert Spillane definitely in that kind of LB two to LB three fringe for me. Um, 
Nate Hobbs at cornerback has been, again, we, we talked about him last week and talked about how he had a couple weeks of, of lower production, but was in a, a, in a great spot to bounce back against the Chiefs. And he definitely delivered uh, 11 total tackles for him um, last week against Kansas City. So he's still, again, somebody that we're, we're locking into lineups regardless of matchups. He's been excellent. Um, but I think that the bigger name to kind of mention here over the past two weeks has been Malcolm Kuntz, who had another massive IDP performance, second straight week for him, three sacks this time around. He had two sacks the week before. I don't know that there's many IDP lineups that he actually helped uh, last week. He, I, I don't know that a lot of people were trusting him after just one week, but now that he's got two weeks in a row, where are you at with Malcolm Kuntz? Is he starting anywhere for you um, if you if you have the option? Yeah, I think so. I I get loads wrong. We all do, right? Yeah, but, sure. but Kuntz is one of the guys that, and it's too early to say. I'm not one of these people that's like, yeah, I got this right. But I I was I was talking Kuntz up a couple of weeks back because. You know, he'd not just done it for one game. It was, I think, at that point there, maybe three games that he'd had. Uh, maybe not the sack numbers necessarily, but the 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 again that we talk about the underlying pass rush metrics were were there. And as I said before, after one game, I'm kind of like, you know, oh, that's a fluke. He's he's not done it before. After two games, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's I'm starting to take interest now. And three games in, I'm like, right, there's a guy that I need to go and have a look at a closer look at. Again, why? And this is the case with quite a few guys we're talking about. Something happened in the NFL about a month ago. A lot of guys that were really productive <laughs> started to drop off. And a couple of other guys like the Kobe Turners, like the Malcolm Kuntz, yeah. just came from nowhere to to look like some of the better players at the position, which is which is super weird. But yeah, that's, that's why we love this game. That's why we love IDP. So I'm yeah. I'm just rolling with it. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, if you're not starting him, it could be somebody that's interesting, at least as a stash, right, for for Dynasty Leagues. Um, you know, showing that promise, like you said, in the underlying um, pass rush metrics and and obviously the production here over the past two weeks has been nice to see. I don't know that it's necessarily going to translate to next year, but it, it might not cost much to, to keep him on a roster and, and hold just to see what he turns into because this is a Raiders defensive line that doesn't have many options outside of Max Crosby. So um, Tyree Wilson, were, obviously they spent the high draft pick on, but not somebody that I, I think they expected to play so many snaps this year or maybe even next year as, as a work in progress type player. So maybe Malcolm Kuntz has found his way into a starting role um, for, for next season. It's still a long ways to go from now till then. And there's definitely a lot of barriers that he has to, to avoid here with, with the draft and free agency and everything like that. But just a low, cheap little stash that we, that we might be able to look at here um, in Malcolm Kuntz. Oh yeah, yeah. And to put to put my my Kuntz love into perspective, I've still got him ranked down as my my DL forty six this week. So clearly, I don't believe in him as much as my argument suggested. I might do. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, he's he's edge forty for me this week as well. So it's like. How much do I trust it? I, 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 for me, like I don't know. We, we see, we see this a lot with guys too, where they have these back-to-back big games and then they disappear again. So I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic, I guess. But he's not making starting lineups for me uh, for the most part outside of really deep leagues. I think you can take a shot on him, but yeah, for the most part, not starting uh, Malcolm Coons. Um, anybody else for Las Vegas Indy for you? Nope, we've covered it all. 
Awesome. Let's go to the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, where do you want to start with uh, these guys? Yeah, it's, it feels a shame to start on this point, but Demario Davis and, and Pete Werner, both LB3s for me. In fact, Werner, maybe even LB4 territory uh, at best. It's a below-average matchup. Werner's been hugely disappointing all year, and Davis has only four games with eight tackles or more this season. So, yeah, out on both guys this week and just in general, really. Yeah, I'm with you. They're both outside the top 36 linebackers for me. Werner's like LB 59. Tamari Davis is LB 38 just because he has he plays 100% of snaps and you never know, maybe he sneaks in a sack in there, but it's super inefficient, this group. It, it, again, one of those man-heavy defenses that just doesn't allow necessarily for elite tackle efficiency, and these guys have already been inefficient all season, so not trusting it. Yeah. Next point, uh, Granderson, Carl Granderson. Uh, you know, I like what he's done this year. Or I kind of like what he's done this year, but he's got a tough matchup here against uh, Wirfs and Gudica. Uh, I don't like this matchup for him. Wouldn't be surprised to see him have a quiet week. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, yeah, he's been solid. Um, but yeah, the, Tristan Wirfs is one of the better, yeah, sixth in pass blocking grade this season uh, with an 82.6. So yeah, really like uh, Tristan Wirfs at left tackle there. And, and Carl Granderson has been definitely productive for IDP purposes, but again, probably outperforming his pass rush metric. 64.4 pass rush grade on the year isn't amazing by any means. So um, yeah, he, he's been solid in, in a volume heavy role, but uh, I, I think you can start him. It's just, I think you temper expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to mention, uh, and I clearly I'm going to anyway, Jordan Howden uh, as the, as the safety choice there, desperation play, but this matchup's terrible for safeties. So look in a different direction and go with someone else is my advice yep i am with you um only other thing i think worthy of, of talking about was cam jordan um he had been limited in his playing time over the past couple of weeks with the injury but got back to his regular starting snap share uh this past week 70 percent after kind of shaking that injury designation on the wednesday of last week and then as a result tano pass it, you know, who was highlighted um, in, in the fool's gold section last week in the IDP fantasy report. Um, after his three sack game, he went back to being irrelevant for IDP purposes. I don't expect him to um, rear his head back into IDP circles again this season with Cameron Jordan back to his uh, snap share as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then three interesting guys to talk about on the, on the bucks. Uh, Yaya Diaby has been some, some uh, some talks, some rumblings of sort of defensive rookie MVP. Is it justified? I don't think so. I think that's that's a stretch. Eight sacks is is great, wonderful, in fact. But twenty two pressures is not. He's got a tough matchup here. I'm not starting him or recommending anyone starts him anywhere. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I think I'm as edge 38. Um, so it, it's been nice to see again, like you said, he's now tied for the the rookie lead in sacks with Kobe Turner. They both have, yeah, six and a half or eight, depending on if you count them on, on PFF ways. Um, but yeah, it's just again, not a great matchup where he's been great. It is, it's still a rookie year, and I'm sure he could get better, but these are tough guys to start in, in the finals here. Um, there are definitely better options out there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. His, yeah, his, you know, his future is bright. I like the fact he's he's eating into Tryon Shinka's uh, role quite a bit as the season's gone on, but yeah. I just don't think this is his week. 
Um, Devin White returned to a full-time role and, and had some big plays last week, a sack, interception, a pass breakup. Still the ultimate boom or bust player for me. Yeah, I'm not trusting him. Um, we, we've seen what he is all year long, right? Like it was, I, I wasn't trusting him last week. And and like for people that did, they it definitely paid off. But there was talk even leading into the week that it could be like a split role with KJ Brid and it might not be a full-time role for him, but at least played the full-time role if you do have to start Devin White. But um, again, just even if you look at his tackle numbers from last week, his tackle efficiency was 7.9% in week 16, which is half of the league average um, on, on the year. So 9% on the season, a tackle efficiency for Devin White. He's just been so bad. I am not banking on big plays again from him. They, they really haven't been there outside of last week and uh, not expecting it to, to change this week against the Saints. So it's it's Levante David and as the only linebacker to trust for me for the most part. Yep. And then uh, Antoine Winfield, the, the DB1, safety DB1. Yeah. Um, in IDP for us this year, just to just to keep an eye on that concussion. I couldn't see any news on that just before we came on. Maybe I missed it, but yeah, that would be a huge loss for for those fantasy managers that were that were hoping that he could he could suit up for for this weekend if he can't go. Yeah, I have him as safety one right now as well, but obviously has the the questionable tag. I believe I don't see. Yeah, I don't see anything either. Um, doesn't look like he's on the injury report as far as like from at least from the ESPN injury list goes. I know Carlton Davis also left last game with a concussion. He's on there, but I do not see Antoine Winfield. So could be safe. Mm-hmm. It could be safe uh, for lineups this week, which will be nice. Uh, but that's that's the ESPN injury report. I'm sure there's probably a more accurate one out there. Um, it's just the quickest one I could pull up. But oh, yeah, good. love Antoine Winfield. Anything um, to add on the on the Tampa front, John? On Tampa. No, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, that that's it for me. Um, and the same thing with New Orleans. Yeah, we covered it. So let's go to the San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Commanders. Um, we'll start with the Washington linebacker situation because these guys have been tackle monsters over the past couple weeks, um, specifically Kaliki Hudson. Uh, really been on fire since James, Jamin Davis landed on injured reserve. Um, 28 total tackles over the past two weeks. Um, and we he also saw a snap share increase um, this past week as well to a much more reliable 92% in week 16. So if that's going to be the norm for him, which again, we don't know. We're only going to have one week to be able to tell. It at least makes probably IDP managers feel more comfortable starting him knowing that he was around that 90% snap range this past week where it was like, I think it was 75 or 80% uh, the week before that. So a little bit harder to trust, but you know, super efficient with his opportunities. It's not the best matchup against the 49ers who surprisingly only give up the 28th most tackles to the linebacker position. So He's like an LB3 for me this week, LB30 specifically. Cody Barton is LB29 just because we know that he's going to be in that full-time role. But it's hard to, to sit the hot hand at this point in Kaliki Hudson. And, and knowing that he has that that efficiency with him, um, I think makes him definitely intriguing this week. Yeah, I was going to go on to say that he's 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 delivered big in a big way against two two teams that should have been poor matchups. So that doesn't make it any more likely right. he's going to have he's going to be able to do the same for a third week in a row. But uh, like you say, it's, it's difficult to 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 not ride that hot hand. So yeah, I'm 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 in on I'm in on Hudson. 
Yeah. And then the other player that I love this week is Cameron Curl. Um, he's been on a, a downward trend recently as far as just like production goes, but has had some really tough matchups in there. And that included last week against the Jets. Um, I had him down outside of the top 12 last week. Um, but again, the, the you know, the usage and, and everything hasn't really changed for Cameron Curl. The playing time is still there. So I love them this week going against the 49ers who are giving up the most tackles per game to the safety position. So I'm definitely putting Cameron Curl back into my lineup. I'm not concerned about the lower production. We see this all the time from the safeties and defensive backs. It's just up and down. You got to play these guys based on matchups and, and bank on the usage and everything like that. And, and Cameron Curl somebody that I'm, I'm definitely fine starting this week um, in a really great matchup. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Kendall Fuller, though, uh, you know, one of the best corners um, in yeah. terms of tackle numbers this year. He's He's got a, a pretty, well, in fact, the worst matchup he could possibly have this weekend, which is a bit of a shame. So, you know, unless unless Purdy plays like he did last weekend and, and, and Fuller can find himself uh, picking picking him off, then, yeah, I, it doesn't look like it's going to be a, uh, a good week for, for Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice are outside of the top 24 corners for me. And they, they like you said, they've been solid. Um, but it is, yeah, the, going against a team that have given up the fewest tackles per game to the cornerback position. So don't love that. Um, and then Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, they've been fine starters uh, at, in DT required leagues. I think you can continue to start them for the most part. Um, anybody else for Washington for you? No. No. Uh, let's talk about the 49ers. Um, there's not much to talk about. This is another one of those defenses that is pretty straightforward. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, we start them. Um, Nick Bosa, you start him. Javon Hargrave, DT required leagues, you start him. Outside of that, you, you know, you get it gets a little trickier. I think Charvarius Ward and Diamador Lenore have been really solid corners this week or this year, but you can play them based on matchup. And they were guys to to avoid last week, but about an average matchup this week against the commanders. So they could be starting options again in that low end kind of CB2 range. But um, yeah, the safeties I'm not as interested in this week. I liked Jair Brown last week. Didn't really do much with that opportunity in, in, a, in a strong matchup against the Ravens. So not somebody that I'm going to trust going against the commanders here. So anybody else for the 49ers for you? No, no one, uh, no one for this week. Missing Armstead, you know, it's a real shame he got injured at that point in the season. Uh, he was on a, on a bit of a tear, but again, he's been out for a couple of weeks now. So this is not new info. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the next game on the list. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, where do you want to start with uh, these two teams? Yeah, question is, is TJ Watt the defensive MVP this year? Uh, I think he can he can kind of solidify that claim against, uh, should be Abraham Lucas. Uh, I've made notes here this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. Is he, John? What do you think? Oh, defensive MVP for the for the NFL, like defensive player yep. of the year. Oh God. Um I don't know. I don't think so. I I I, I think I, I just think Michael Parsons and Miles Garrett, I know they haven't had like the sack numbers that TJ Watt has. I, I know that you know TJ Watt has these big splash plays, but I just think like as far as consistency goes, play to play, disrupting the quarterback. I just think Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons have been slightly better. Steelers fans are going to be so pissed hearing that. I, I know. Totally put a target on your back here. Haven't I? Yeah, Sorry. yeah. They're they're <laughs> they're not going to like this at all. But it's not like it's like a, a huge difference. Like I do think TJ Watt is close, but 
like luckily Mike vote doesn't matter. So it definitely seems possible that, that it, he should probably be the betting favorite here. I, I know he leads the NFL in sacks. So um, that that's all that, that really matters as far as the voters are concerned. But yeah, I try to look at every play as opposed to 16 to 17 plays, but you know, that's just me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I struggled to rank uh, what this week, um, but only, only in choosing whether he should be my edge two or edge three, <laughs> eventually settle with him being my edge two. Uh, Miles, Miles Jack leapfrogged uh, uh, yeah. Michael Walker in the race to replace the injured Landon Roberts uh, with a obviously I had a pectoral injury, but it's a very poor matchup for for linebackers, so I'm not getting too excited about Miles um, uh, Jack. It's weird to see him in there again. Um, yeah, leave him out in lineups this week if you can. Uh, and yeah, Steelers decimated at both linebacker all year and now at safety as well. Um, so whoever is healthy at safety will play this week. Hopefully it's going to be Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just, that, those two positions on that team have been, have been ruined this year. Yeah. If it's not Minka Fitzpatrick, I, I don't know that we want to mess around with it and, and play no. like a Trenton Thompson or, or somebody like that. It's just, it's not worth playing around with uh, this week. So yeah, safeties, forget about it. Same thing with the linebackers. Like you said, I'm not trusting Miles Jack. It's just been an endless parade of injuries there for the Steelers recently at the linebacker position. And then they also brought in Blake Martinez and, and Jalen Smith this week. And it's not, not like I expect those guys to play relevant snaps or anything like that. Like if you do have to pick a Steelers linebacker, if you're desperate, like sure, Miles Jack, but like he's definitely not somebody that I'm starting um, if, if I can avoid it. There's just too many safer linebacker options out there to to trust this week yeah yeah and then on the uh, the seahawks uh bobby wags continues to play like he's 10 years younger i think you can uh, you can continue to start him as a as a solid lb1 even in a in a middle league matchup uh monitor brooks though because i think um pete carroll um had some uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he made it sound like Brooks was trending towards not playing this week. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely, right? And uh, I think, you know, if you're looking for a pivot like Devin Bush, I, I don't think he's a great option. But, you know, deep leagues, again, if you're desperate, um, it's not going to be a full-time role. It's not an amazing matchup. It's it's not a bad matchup, though. So there, there's at least potential there for Devin Bush in those really deep leagues um, as like an LB four or five, or depending on how deep your league is, could be LB three. But um, yeah, that I, I, it doesn't seem like Jordan Brooks is going to be able to play. It does not. Boye Marfe was among the sacks again uh, after, a, I think it was a five game, six game yeah. drought. Uh, but he could be avoided this week. Um, the Steelers haven't allowed nearly as many sacks as they were allowing earlier in the season of late. So yeah, I I, I like Mafe. I like the the jump that he's made this year, but not not as keen on him this week as I have been in uh, some of the easier matchups. Yeah, it was, I think since, yeah, week 10, um, he hadn't had a sack. And then, yeah, he has the two-sack game. And, uh, yeah, go figure. It's against the Tennessee Titans, right? Or, um, yeah, mm-hmm. was it Tennessee last week? Yeah, again, they're, they're, they're terrible offensive tackles that we we just talked about. But um, Broderick Jones is the, the right tackle he should face. 53.1 pass blocking grade, which is 70th uh, of 85 uh, offensive tackles. It's uh, better than, than Dan Moore. Um, on the say. other side, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, these guys aren't great. But you know, Mason Rudolph, we'll see if he can, 
you know, continue to be okay, at least as far as avoiding sacks, which he was last week for the most part. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like Boye Mafia as a player, um, but yeah, it's not the most amazing matchup where he's a must start or anything like that. Yep. And then a couple of low line bits of info here. Tariq, well, sorry, Reek Woolen is back to playing full time again after effectively being benched the week before. Devin Witherspoon is still questionable. He was at uh, my last check, so keep an eye on that. And then, yeah, Julian Love still still there, running the show in place of Jamal Adams. Yeah, it seems like they were talking about shutting Jamal Adams down for the season. And uh, yeah, I don't blame them. It just doesn't seem like uh, he's been uh, a part of the team this year and, and obviously had that bit last week or last week or the week before i guess it was um where he just didn't show up at the stadium he went home so it doesn't seem like he'll play again this year so julian love nice uh little starting option um for sure yeah um yeah i think um, that's it for this one right yeah that's it. no nice. that's me done awesome let's go to uh chargers at broncos um and i'll start with let's start with the chargers because Last week, Derwin James um, didn't play a full-time role. Really kind of peculiar peculiar usage here in Week 16. He worked as the team's primary nickel or, or slot corner. Came off the field for a handful of snaps throughout the course of the game as well. I don't know if this is going to be his new role going forward or if it was something new that the coaching staff, um, w- without Brandon Staley, wanted to try out. But... For me, at least, it's enough to push him down the rankings for the first time this season. Um, He's still among the most efficient tacklers at the position. I I know he's fifth among defensive backs uh, in tackle efficiency at 11.7% among players that have played at least 50% of snaps. But the limited role last week is concerning. Going against the Broncos, 19th in tackles per game to the safety position. They've changed up their quarterback as well. It's not Russell Wilson. It's going to be uh, Jared Stidham. So you don't know how good the offense is going to be. Derwin James outside of the top 15 um, IDP safeties for me this week, which uh, I didn't think I would say. He's been locked in at safety one uh, all season long just uh, because I, I don't want to move him out of there. But I, you got to be you got to be a little bit concerned here after last week's usage, even though he did a nice job still coming up with tackles no guarantee that that's going to be the case uh, every week. And and we don't know if he's going to continue to come off the field for that handful of snaps as well, which just provides a little bit more of a concern for the floor. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about his role. I can't imagine what defensive coordinator would think that it would be a good idea to only play Derwin James on three quarters of the snaps on in, <laughs> in consecutive games. That would make zero sense whatsoever yeah. to me i did drop him down to around about the db 10 range i think it was um okay. and then i moved him back up again to the db5 spot i think when i saw that um, russ wilson was getting getting benched typically the broncos haven't been too friendly to opposition safeties but i'm kind of hoping more than more than expecting that to change with stidham back there so yeah We'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not overly concerned about James. Yeah, not overly concerned, like long term or, or or anything like that. But I, I, I try to think of it as like you know, if it was any other safety, not Dur- yeah. not Derwin James. You know, how would I treat this player that that I was ranking inside the the top five? Right, I would push them down and. 
yeah, maybe I overcompensated a bit here and dropped him down uh, probably a little further than I'd like. And it's not like I'm necessarily benching him where I have him because there's still it's still hard to find a, a better starting option. So you really got to have some some great options this week or at least some really great matchups. But yeah, just just a little bit annoyed by the the usage last week. So I think that more than anything is what concerns me and 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 the fact that they could continue it here. Um this week but i I don't imagine this is going to be a long-term thing for for derwin james at all no you're you're right to drop him you're right to drop him it makes sense we like you say we and it's a good point we do the same with anybody any other player we can't we can't play favorites not when it comes to rankings not in championship week yeah that that, that's the thing if it was any other week like i'd probably just leave it and say don't worry about it forget it but yeah it's championship week i don't know there it it also probably causes confusion for people too. So I, I apologize for that, but yeah, it's just, it's just, just a part of me that is a little bit concerned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that for the chargers, um, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, really nice season that, that he's been having um, currently fourth in the NFL in sacks. I think he has 15, he's 13th in the, at his position in pass rush grade as well. Hasn't recorded a sack in three straight games. Um, it could potentially be a difficult matchup this week going against Garrett Bowles. Um, Garrett Bowles, uh, the left tackle there for Denver, uh, 84.4 pass blocking grade is the third best mark at his position. He's allowed just two sacks across 15 games this year. Like I said, Jarrett Stidham is at quarterback, so we don't know what that's going to look like, and that could help Khalil Mack's case. So he's not like crazy far down the rankings for me by any means. I think I have him as edge 13 this week, so just outside of that top 12. But um just a just a matchup to kind of keep an eye on this week going against Garrett Bowles who's been really good uh, at left tackle yeah I've got him ranked fairly similarly actually I got him down as my edge 14 I do he does spend time on the other side as well so he will face um uh, Mike McGlinchey which is a much much easier matchup but uh but yeah yeah, I, I, it is a concern, you know, three-game stretch without a sack. This this could be the week, though, I think. that I'm not expecting fireworks in this game. I think it's going to be a fairly frustrating game, should we say, for the uh, for those expecting a lot of offense, I think, with those two two quarterbacks. I think Stick kind of found a little bit of a rhythm last week at times, but, yeah, I'm not expecting big things. I think I actually quite like the opportunity for the Broncos pass rushers in this game. Because Stick mm-hmm. has been, in fact, the, the Chargers have allowed quite a lot of sacks in those last three games, yeah. and yeah, with Stick under center, he's not as he's not nearly as good at uh, evading pressure as as Justin Herbert was. So yeah, the Brownings, the uh, uh, Jonathan Coopers, and Zach Allen's, I think they they could have a good game this year in this mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah, that's a good call on, on the Denver side of things. Um, I, I don't mind those guys. Um, the other thing, too, for for Denver, as I, I change the slide here, um, PJ Locke, we, we talked about him last week, right? We were concerned about Kareem Jackson kind of coming back and 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 playing a, playing a role on the defense enough that it keeps PJ Locke from being a starter, but they actually ended up releasing Kareem Jackson. We, we talked about that earlier. He was waived and picked up by Houston, but um, so yeah, so for people that were paying attention to the transactions prior to setting lineups last week, you were still able to start PJ Locke for sure. And I think you're still, you just continue to start him because he's been excellent. Uh, he's delivered for IDP managers this season. All, 
since he's been a starter, I have him as safety 11 this week. I know it's like kind of a neutral matchup here uh, against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. But like you said, Easton Stick has been, you know, he at least showed some promise last week against a very tough Buffalo team. So um, there, there's potential here that, you know, he could maintain some drives, create some production for the opposing defenders. And I think PJ Locke is going to be one of the guys to, to kind of benefit from that, him and Alex Singleton. But um, yeah, still like uh, PJ Locke. Yeah, yeah, I, I I moved him out, and then he's right back in there again in my top twenty. I think he's safety twenty two for me. So, nice. yeah, I like him. Maybe not quite as much as you do, but certainly, certainly, certainly one I'm looking to start this weekend. Absolutely. Um, and then yeah, like I said, Alex Singleton's LB nine, Josie Jules in that kind of LB forty range. Um, nobody else really that we talk that we need to talk about that we've already kind of touched on. Um, yeah, let's go to the next game on the list, which is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, where do you want to start uh, with these two teams? Yeah, I think this could be the week to avoid Dax Hill and Jordan Battle. I think they're going to need a big play to deliver in fantasy. It's not a good matchup for opposition safeties. I like both players, but I have moved both of them down this week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, again, we talk about the safety position and, you know, for the most part, a very matchup dependent position and alignment dependent. So there are definitely guys that we can move up and down quite a bit. Um, and, and they tend to be pretty rangy as far as the, the rankings go. And Dex Hill's been somebody that, like you, I, I've moved up and down quite a bit uh, this, this season. It just depended on matchup. And this isn't a great one here. So, yeah, I, I'm still probably starting Dex Hill like in that safety two range. But only because he's been pretty solid for the most part, but Jordan battle. Yeah. I don't think you have to force him in there. And again, Nick Scott's still kind of sticking his nose in for, for a few snaps to, to just kind of, you know, continue to remind us that he's still alive and not let Jordan battle take full reins of the starting role. But uh, other than that, yeah, I, I'm with you on the safeties. He's just making a nuisance of himself at this point. Yeah. Is Nick Scott <laughs> just 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 go, just go? He really is. Um, it's embarrassing. And <laughs> the player I should probably have led with here actually is is Trey Hendrickson. He's been on a, a tear yeah. this year. His his season, when you look at his numbers, remind me very uh, very much of his season two years ago in 2021 when he finished with sort of 80 plus pressures and 20 sacks. Yeah. Doesn't always get the the credit he deserves, Hendrickson. I think maybe part of that is the fact that he. He manages to put up about five tackles every uh, every three seasons. So again, obviously, mate, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but yeah, he as a pass rusher has been has been fantastic this year. I think he's probably only got like two or three games without a a sack. Um, I'm I'm yeah. frantically looking up the details to make sure I'm not talking nonsense. Yeah, two games without a sack this year, but at least half a sack. That's that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, the Chiefs don't usually allow many sacks, though. That's the that's the trouble. And they have given up seven in the last two weeks, but they don't usually allow a lot of sacks. So mm -hmm. this is, uh, yeah, he's a great player or has been a great player this year, but this could be a tricky matchup. Yeah, that's the only thing is the matchup. But like you said, he's just been so good all year long. You just, again, we, we got one more week here to bank on the talent and, and his consistency and production. Um, yeah, 16 sacks on the year is just really nice. We, we talked about him last week as well. And, and the matchup against, I think that was the matchup against Dan Moore as well, um, that he definitely took advantage of and uh, and delivered a sack. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, anybody else for the Bengals for you? Yeah, the two the two linebackers, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, you know, Wilson's been fairly steady. 
Um, but they've got more. They got more assists than solos. I think in the last five <clears> games, it's weird. I just I need more solos from 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 both guys. That's where. The, <laughs> yeah, you know, it would be nice. That's, that's where the meat is. We need we need some big points. Not these. Not these half half tackle efforts. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Um, it, it is a nice matchup for the cornerbacks as well. Um, so I really like it for Mike Hilton. Um, I, I think in a, in a great spot here to kind of produce some decent tackle numbers against the Chiefs, uh, who have allowed 14.4 tackles per game to the cornerback position this year, uh, which is fourth most. And we just talked about Nate Hobbs not too long ago, coming off that 11 tackle game, playing in the slot against these very same Chiefs. That is the Mike Hilton role. Doesn't necessarily play as many snaps as. Um, um, at Nate Hobbs does averaging 81% on the year as Mike Hilton, but been really solid this year and reliable for IDP purposes. And this is definitely a matchup for him to kind of take advantage of it and, and be in IDP lineups this week. I have been CB six. So um, yeah, like Mike Hilton uh, quite a bit. And then to the same point, I mean, guys like Chitabe Awuzie and DJ Turner, definitely options uh, as well. If you're looking for corner streaming, streaming against the chiefs. Good point. Good point. Um, and then on the on the Chiefs, Nick Bolton uh, is getting healthier, and his snap share is increasing just in time for this uh, this championship game. Since he has, you know, they, they have been a better matchup for opposition linebackers since Jake Browning's been under center. So that's something that kind of wants me or makes me want to like Bolton more this week, and I would otherwise. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's weird, right? It, we talked about it last week too, because Nate Markham, uh, who is a Chiefs fan, was on, and I, I was asking him, you know, what was the purpose of, of just sitting out Nick Bolton for for just one entire defensive drive at the start of the second quarter, and they basically yeah. did it again this this past week. Luckily, it wasn't as long of a drive as it was the week before, but it was only five defensive snaps. But they did it again, where they just they sat him out for one drive early in the second quarter. And then just played 100% the rest of the way. So it's just like this weird thing that they're doing for whatever reason. I know he's coming off IR and stuff like that. But, I mean, one drive I, I don't think is going to make this huge difference. So, if anything, it just you know limits his potential for, for production on, those, on that one drive. But, but, yeah, still fine starting Nick Bolton. I, he's just more of an LB2 for me um, going forward here. Yeah, I think I got him in the same range. Um, looking at where I've got him ranked now, he is my. I've got him down as the L, yeah, as an as a low end LB two as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I like where he's trending, and I think, as I say, I, I kind of like the, the the Bengals as a matchup for opposition linebackers a little more with Browning at quarterback than I did with uh, with Burrow. Um, Chris Jones, I don't think gets the credit he deserves. Said the same about Hendrickson. Said say the same with Jones. Certainly this year, anyway. He's a again a massively boom or bust type player because his tackle numbers are really poor compared to other defensive tackles. But those sack numbers, that pass rush upside is is fantastic. Sixty pressures and twelve sacks. It's really nice. The Bengals haven't been great at protecting yeah. the quarterback as well, so I quite like the matchup there. Yeah, Chris Jones is he's awesome. Still one of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL. And like you said, yeah, the, the, um, eight and a half sacks. I, I know he had a quieter little stretch there. I guess it was a four game stretch w without a sack, but got another one last week. And like you said, it's, it's a little bit of a better matchup here going against the Bengals. So I, I still trust Chris Jones in lineups. I'll be starting him again. Um, and yeah, hoping to get uh, another sack from him as well. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And then my last point was just to monitor Jarius Sneed. Um, he's not practicing today. I saw with a with a calf injury. Um, I would be looking to start him in this matchup for sure. It's a it's it's a nice matchup for opposition corners. So yeah, monitor Sneed and start McDuffie is my advice. Yep, I am with you there as well. Those guys are definitely starters. Um yeah, other than that, it's not like I'm in love with George Carlos loftus this week by any means so there's really not much else justin reed yeah anybody else for you no no I, again i'm i'm also not in love with uh, loftus right. i kind of kind of like a man who but uh <laughs> yeah not not in a massive way and and um, i've been yeah I've, I've been i've been off on mike dana all year yeah, and, and the playing time for those guys, too, being split is, is is always a concern, right? It's not like a really kind of volume-heavy role to rely on. So that makes the trust uh, harder to trust. But I, I do like Omenihu as a pass rusher. But, yeah, it's just the, the, not always the snaps um, being very reliable. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the last game of the week. It is the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings, uh, and it'll be on Sunday night football. There's no Monday night football game this week, I don't think, unless I read that wrong, which is definitely possible. It's happened before, uh, but it doesn't look like there's a Monday night game just because I guess it's January 1st um, on Monday. I don't know. I don't know calendars too well. Um, <laughs> let's start with uh, let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. Um and unfortunately, Jordan Hicks, well, I, I say unfortunately, but I'm sure there's a lot of Jordan Hicks managers that were very happy to have him back. Um, Jordan Hicks returned from injured reserve this past week and basically immediately stepped back into an every down role um, to the point where, yeah, we're trusting him in IDP lineups again. I know it's not the greatest matchup here against the Packers. We're giving up the second fewest tackles per game to the linebacker position, but uh, it, it, there, Hicks is the lone linebacker on this team right really it, it you know the way that this defense is deployed as much as we love ivan pace and, and everything that he's done while jordan hicks has been out the, the snap share is not enough to be concerned for for jordan hicks being the lone linebacker here um it's going to be around 30 percent for for ivan pace or somewhere around there so it, it should be enough for jordan hicks to be kind of that lb2 lb3 on the fringe of that range here in an every down role but um, the other the other linebacker really here is Josh Metellus, uh, uh, the, the designated as a safety, but just kind of a do it all player. He's been excellent. I highlighted my love for him um, last week and ended up leading the team in tackles last week as well. And 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 just uh, continues to be somebody that I love to have in my IDP lineups, regardless of matchups. Um, him, Cam Bynum's been excellent as well. So love those two guys um, for the Vikings. But yeah, Josh Bynum or Josh Metellus. A uh, sp- special place in my heart for that that um, ideal IDP alignments and and uh, uh, production uh, basically is is what I, I'm trying to say is uh, he's been awesome. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got Bynum as my uh, my DB one this week actually, nice. uh, and Metallus as my uh, DB eight. Nice, so, right there with you. Love it. Um, then the other piece of thing uh, news out of Minnesota was that DJ Wanham suffered a, a torn quad muscle. Uh, he's been placed on injury reserve. Uh, he had eight sacks on the year. Been a really nice IDP fill-in option. Um, Patrick Jones stepped in for DJ Wanham, and he had a decent game himself. He came up with a sack. He had a pass breakup, six tackles. Look, he's going to be a deep league option, really, if you really want to get risky. But... Uh, 
leagues out there if you're looking for a dj wanham replacement patrick jones or pat jones the second whatever um his designation is on on your website um could be somebody that that could be reliable in a volume heavy role in the same way that dj wanham was yeah and that's the key point right you know they don't they don't have to be very good when they're playing sort of 90 percent plus of the yeah. snaps every week and that's that's exactly who one of them has been all year so if jones can 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 can, can do anything close to what one of them did and one of them's not a special player then yeah, yeah could be a could be a sneaky start for those teams in need of some defensive line help this weekend yeah, I'm with you. Um, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers here, last team of the week. And I guess Devondre Campbell dealing with injuries. So once again, Isaiah McDuffie finds his way into the starting lineup. Um, we'll see what happens with Campbell again this week. Obviously, we know by this point in the season, if he's not playing, we can trust Isaiah McDuffie in more of a part-time role. But Quay Walker going to be the lone every down linebacker there in Green Bay. Um, the other part of it was uh, at safety, Rudy Ford is battling an injury. So we saw Anthony Johnson um, play a full-time role this past week. He could be somebody, again, that deep leagues you're, you're looking at, but it's not the best matchup there. Jair Alexander has been suspended by the team for one game. So Carrington Valentine, who had been uh, relevant with, with Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes healthy in the lineup, um, but had been a, a decent IDP with those guys out, um, could be another streaming option uh, this week against the Vikings. who are giving up the eighth most tackles per game to the cornerback position. Um and yeah, other than that, I mean, Rashawn Gary's edge 29 for me this week. Preston Smith is edge 33. Really tough matchup here against the Vikings offensive line, which has been the, the best in the league as far as pass blocking goes. And Rashawn Gary over the past few weeks um, hasn't been quite the player that we had hoped him to be. I did put the numbers somewhere, probably on a different sheet somewhere. I don't know. Oh, since Thanksgiving, when he had that three sack game, since then, he's had just a 51.8 pass rush grade and a half sack. Um, so not great numbers there for Rashawn Gary over the past few weeks, which definitely has uh, me concerned for him, and I'm not starting him against the Vikings. Yeah, it was weird because he was playing better. He was more disruptive when he was kind of banged up at the start of the year and had a smaller role than he than he has been since he's been fully healthy. So that's kind of weird. I'm a little higher on Gary this week and quite a bit lower than than you on Preston Smith. I'm not not the biggest Preston Smith fan. Um but I'm I'm wrong on him quite a lot. So in the weeks when I talk down, when I talk when I talk bad about him, he he kind of produces. And in the weeks when I'm kind of like, okay, maybe he's he's still got a little bit left in the tank. He he does nothing, absolutely nothing. So um, for, the, for the for the Preston Smith managers out there, I'm going to talk him down this week in the hopes that he uh, that he has a massive week for you again. You can use that. Yeah, th this is kind of where I'm at with Preston Smith as well, and why I'm afraid to rank him too low is because whenever I do, he like he like last week where he had the two sacks or whatever it was, it's just like <laughs> he just keeps coming back to bite me as well. So yeah, just he's you know solid veteran. He's had his weeks and and could be a fine streamer in the right matchup, but not necessarily the right matchup uh, this week against the Vikings. So yeah, I think that's gonna do it, Jace. Um, that is gonna wrap up our final. IDP preview of the season. Um, I, I can't thank everybody enough for, for tuning in and, and listening and, and liking and subscribing to the YouTube channel as well. 
uh, throwing the comments in there and the and and the kind uh, and the questions and all of that stuff uh, throughout the year. You guys have been uh, great, and, and and I've been very happy to to do this podcast on a weekly basis. Get different IDP guests in um, as well, and and highlight a lot of the great work being done in the world of IDP, so that hopefully you guys can find great work uh, in the world of IDP as well. Because I know it can be difficult to find it; it's not as widely as available as regular offense IDP. But um, again, we got a lot of great guys uh, doing work, guys and gals doing work in the world of IDP and Jace Abbey, definitely one of them. Um, Jace, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here in championship week and dropping knowledge and, and, and giving me, you know, two hours of your time really. Um, and, and coming on here for the second time this season as well. So really do appreciate it, my friend. Thank I've lost you, John. Sorry, the oh, no. the, uh, the the stream went <laughs> um, went briefly there. Did it go on your side as well? Yeah, um, it did. It did there for a second. I was okay. just thanking you for for coming on and 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 being such a an awesome guest as always, man. So, thank you. Thanks again for for doing oh. this. Ah, uh, hey, look, it's um, I'm I'm honored to be on the final show and to come on twice in one season is 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 fantastic. I will always fun mixing that up with you, John. So, yeah, it's been my pleasure. Absolutely, man. And I, I know we're going to do it again uh, very soon. So people stay tuned uh, to the IDPshow.com as well, where you can find Jason, his rank. Oh, I, I might have dropped out again. Um, <laughs> we're, we're losing yeah. the stream. The stream is getting is getting fed up with us. We're, we're running long here. So Jace, quickly let the people know where they can find more of you and your work as well. Okay, yeah, I've got uh, some IDP rankings over at the idpshow.com. I have the weekly pod and YouTube show where I talk about some of the highlights and lowlights in those rankings. And I've got some dynasty rankings over at DLF with a weekly article talking about some of the moves that dynasty managers should continue on the IDP side of the ball. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check out Jace's work. Um, and yeah, I'll be on the show. Uh, we're we're going to talk more IDP rankings over on the IDP show with Jace as well um, for this week 17. But again, thank you all very much for listening. Good luck in the final week, the championship week. Hopefully you bring home the trophy uh, and make this entire season worth it. And let us know if you did. Um, but again, thank you all very much. Um, and until next time, peace out.